Rescuing Zelda. This week on Legendary Adventures Podcast, we'll head into the depths of Turtle Rock to find the princess. A message from Princess Zelda. I'm locked in Turtle Rock on top of Death Mountain. I know you're doing your best, but please hurry. But hold on a second. Players who travel to Turtle Rock right away will see it has an image of a magic medallion on it. Specifically, the Quake Medallion. That means players will want to collect it before venturing up the mountain. The Quake Medallion can be picked up at any time after Agadim banishes Link to the Dark World. I personally picked it up after the Palace of Darkness, but I didn't mention it because it made more sense to talk about getting it here. To find the medallion, players must head to the Lake of Ill Omen. It's located in roughly the same location as Upper Zora River in the Light World. As players travel towards the lake, they will pass an item shop in place of the Witch's Hut. It's a good idea to use the mirror to travel back to the Light World and visit the Witch's Hut to pick up a green or blue potion before heading to Turtle Rock. Blue is my preference. To the east of the Dark World shop, there is a large rock blocking a path to the north along the river. Lifting this rock, players can continue north until they reach the lake. Unlike Zora's River, a large waterfall prevents players from moving further north. There is a sign that warns players against throwing things into a circle of stones, using reverse psychology to get the players to do just that. Throwing a rock into the circle causes a massive catfish to jump out from the circle. It gives Link the Quake Medallion and asks him not to bother it again. The Quake Medallion can be used to clear, or at least weaken, a screen full of ground-based enemies. It can also be used to open the dungeon. To reach Turtle Rock, I traveled to the Light World, and then traveled to Death Mountain using the Ocarina. I then ascended Death Mountain and went east. On the easternmost point of the mountain, there is a hill with three wooden pegs on the top. A dark rock blocks a staircase to the top of the hill. It's a hard lock preventing players from reaching Turtle Rock prior to completing Thieves Town. The pegs on top of the hill need to be hit in a specific order to reveal the Dark World portal. I didn't remember the order, so it took a little trial and error, but the eastern peg should be hit first, followed by the northern peg, then the western peg. Stepping onto the portal, players will be transported to the top of Turtle Rock. And yes, it is indeed shaped like a giant turtle, hence the name. A Quake Medallion symbol is located just behind the head. Using the medallion on this spot causes the head to disappear, revealing the entrance to the dungeon. I find Turtle Rock to be a significantly easier dungeon than either Misery Mire or Ice Palace. It spans four floors, there are optional rooms, and players may have to do a little trial and error to find their way forward, but generally there's a looping structure to the dungeon paths that will bring the player back to a point where they can quickly try another path if needed. Visually, the dungeon is themed with a reddish stone look, which looks like the caves found elsewhere in the game. In the first room, there's a hint tile telling Link magic will be essential for this dungeon, and it urges him to bring a magic restoring potion. On this playthrough, I entered with three bottles of blue potion. Personally, I didn't need any until I reached the boss. On past playthroughs, however, I have needed to use a potion to refill my magic, and the added health restoration of the blue potion's a nice bonus. This room also contains a hard lock, preventing players from going deeper into the dungeon until they have the right item. It's a track over a bottomless pit. The track looks like a dotted line with a question mark symbol on the end. How mysterious. If only we had a mysterious item to use. Oh yeah, the cane of Samaria did tell us that it was a mysterious item. So sure enough, dropping a block on the question mark results in it turning into a platform. Players can then direct the platform forward on the track with the direction buttons. This is the first of two unique mechanics introduced in Turtle Rock. 
After crossing the bottomless pit, we walked through a door to find a large square room. A large bottomless pit is in the center of the room, with a dotted line track running around the outside. The track is further divided into four smaller squares. Players will be able to move across the lines that bisect the larger square. The room has six doors reachable only by traveling along the track. There are two doors on the east, two on the north, and two on the south. The first door to the east leads to a dead end, so we continued on the track to the second. It leads to another large square room with a Canis Amaria track. This track winds around four torches in the center of the bottomless pit. Players must use the fire rod to light the torches before quickly moving through a newly opened door to the north. Players will find themselves in a long octagonal room. It contains the dungeon map and key. To reach it, players must avoid two long rolling spike traps. After getting the map and key, players go back to the second room and continue around the track. The first door to the north leads to a dead end, so it can be skipped. Players must travel to the south and go into a door west of the entrance to the room. Players will have to travel down a short hallway to find a chest with a compass inside. Spikes line the outer edge of the room. Two fireball-spitting statues are on the southern corner of the room. The compass is found inside a chest in the center of the room. However, there's an eye above the room's entrance. It's closed when Link has its back to it, but when Link faces it, the eye opens and shoots lasers at him. To exit the room, players have to charge a spin attack to keep Link's back to the eye and then walk backwards out of the room. We then take the track to the leftmost door on the north wall. We'll use the key that we found in the map room to enter a small, narrow room. Inside's an enemy that vaguely resembles an alien version of the pokey cactuses from the Mario series. It bounces around the room and loses body segments with hits from Link's sword. Once it's defeated, it drops a key. The next room to the north holds a pair of recognizable enemies from the Mario games. Chain Chomps, or as they're referred to in the Zelda world, Bow Wow. This is not the first time Mario and Zelda have crossed paths. Of course, Shigeru Miyamoto is the creator of Mario and the co-creator of Zelda. He and Zelda co-creator Takashi Tezuka designed the first Super Mario Bros. game in tandem with the original Legend of Zelda. They also developed A Link to the Past alongside Super Mario World. Earlier in this season, we discussed the appearance of the firebar obstacles. In an interview included with the Japanese Player's Guide, Tezuka explained that those firebars were originally created for Zelda, but then moved to Super Mario when they thought they would be a better fit there. Tezuka and Miyamoto obviously changed their minds and brought the firebars back for this game. When it comes to the chain chomps, Tezuka's less clear on the origins. Simply saying, We'd had the concept art for Bow Wow lying around for a while. We put it aside thinking we might make use of it when we could, but someone discovered it and ended up using it for their own purposes. The Chain Chops first appeared in Super Mario Bros. 3. The Guardian reports they were inspired by an incident from Miyamoto's youth where he was chased by a dog before it was yanked back by a chain. The Bow Wow room is difficult to complete without taking damage. Players have to flip a crystal switch so they can push a block and make a chest appear then flip the switch back to get the key from the chest and proceed through the locked door. The next room has a series of tubes which crisscross the upper level of the room. These tubes are the second unique mechanic of this dungeon. They transport Link from one area to another. Stairs on the southeast give Link access to one tube, and passing through it will take him to another room, which has two tubes side by side. A tube to the east leads to a room packed with baddies. Defeating a second bouncing alien cactus grants a key which leads to another tube which exits onto a central platform in the room. A chest on the platform contains the big key. Players can then loop back to the side-by-side -side tubes and proceed through the west tube. It leads to a room to the south. Continuing south, players will reach a T-shaped room. A door to the east leads to a dead end where the big chest is visible but out of reach. 
There's also an exterior entrance clearly visible on the south wall of the room. Backtracking to the west, Link will come to a room filled with laser shooting eyes. A bomb placed on a crack wall to the south allows players to exit the dungeon onto a narrow ledge. Crossing over this ledge allows players to re-enter into the big chest room. Inside the big chest is the mirror shield. This upgraded shield blocks additional projectiles from enemies, which includes the lasers fired by the eyes. Continuing north, players can pass through a big key door and another room with a rolling spike trap. Players must hit a crystal switch from a distance to reach a chest with a key inside. Players use the key on the door in the same room to access the lowest level of the dungeon. Players will find themselves in a large dark room with a complicated Canis and Mario track. The goal is to navigate to a central platform to hit a floor switch. Players then need to navigate to a door on the southwest. Through the door, players will have to dash across a narrow bridge to avoid lasers and then proceed to a room to the south. It contains four chests, each guarded by a laser shooting eye. The southernmost chest holds a key, the others hold rupees. A bombable wall on the south allows players to exit the dungeon and create sort of a checkpoint. Then it's back to the north and through a locked door on the east. Players have to navigate through this to a door on the north end of the room. And from there it's a straight shot to the boss room. The boss of this dungeon is called Trinex. As the name suggests, it's a three-headed monster, and each head represents one of three elements. The center head's made of stone, the head on the right is ice, and the head on the left is fire. The stone head cannot be damaged at first. Players must take out the other two heads to reveal a weak spot. It's a good idea to take out the ice head first because it can make the floor slippery. The fire rod does the trick. The head on the left can be taken out with the ice rod. After the heads on the left and right are defeated, Trinex's body breaks apart, and the stone head becomes a snake-like creature with three large circular segments in the middle. This is the weak spot. It took only a few hits from the sword to defeat this final phase of the boss. Once Trinex is dead, we get a heart container, and Zelda is freed. She urges Link on to Ganon's tower. We'll head there next week. If you want to follow along, please subscribe. Please also consider sharing this podcast with a friend. I'm Paul Riley. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.